This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. If it's just a vanity metric, if they just want more likes or just want more followers, you all know as well as I do that those things mean nothing without action. You're listening to the Freelance Friday Podcast. I'm your host, Latasha James. Whether you're ready to launch the side hustle you've been dreaming about, working to double your freelance income and go full-time, or just seeking inspiration from some of the smart, innovative folks I know, you're in the right place. Enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast. I want to read a quick Apple podcast review for you all. This one comes from Ceramics Business. Ceramics Business says that this podcast is so relatable even outside your field. I really appreciate Latasha's friendly, professional, and authentic thoughts. As a listener, you feel like you're talking to someone who knows their stuff, but also like you are having a professional coffee date with a close friend honest, open, and gets into the grit. We are having a coffee date. Thank you so much. I love that review. That was so nice. So today I'm talking about social media strategy. This is a really big question, a really big, important thing for anyone out there who is a social media manager. I know a lot of you all are. And even if you're not, I think this is going to be helpful for you because you probably need to use social media for your business or you know, your brand or whatever it is that you are doing. So here's how to create a social media strategy. This is the blueprint. So the first thing that you need to do is set goals. And I'm going to be speaking from a client service provider relationship. So I'm going to be sharing with you guys how I, uh, you know, start these conversations with my clients and get them all set up and all that. But again, you can apply this to your own business or whatever you want to do with it. So set goals is the first thing that you're going to need to do. When somebody reaches out to me and they say, hey, Latasha, can you help us develop a social media strategy? I say, absolutely. What are your business goals? That's literally like the next question that comes out of my mouth when I have those conversations. And I need to know what their their regular business goals are. So that way I can take those business goals and I can create my own social media specific goals And from there, what's going to be the output from that is metrics that we can measure, you know, as tangible as you can get in a digital medium. So let me give you an example. Um, E-commerce is probably always the easiest one to share because it's the easiest to measure. So an e-commerce company, let's say that they are a footwear brand, they want to sell more shoes. And in particular, they want to sell more of a specific type of shoe. Maybe they're an athletic shoe company, but they want people to know that they have casual sandals too. And so they're really looking to boost sales in that specific category. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, okay, great. So we are going to have a goal of getting more conversion goals completed. So that means sales, you know, clicks over to our website, things like that. And then those metrics that can actually 
measure, especially if they have tracking set up properly, which they should have like Google analytics, Facebook pixel, all that I can actually track through. Okay. Here's how many sales came from social media, or if you know, maybe they're like a very new brand, they don't have that sophisticated of tracking on their website. I can at least say, Hey, I sent 500 people over to your website from social media last month. And that is going to be the closest that you can get because obviously, you know, if somebody's clicking over to the website on a sales type post, likely they're going to buy, or at least they're interested in purchasing. So that is kind of the full path and you have to have, you have to have a goal, right? You have to, because I could take that same shoe company and I could say, awesome. You, you want me to do your social media. We don't talk about goals. And I say, awesome. I'm going to grow their social media following so much and I'm going to do nothing but influencer collaborations. I might buy some, you know, followers, which you guys know, I don't recommend, but I could, a lot of social media strategists do that. And they're going to be really impressed because I'm going to get them a million followers by the end of the year. But if they didn't get any sales from those million followers, it literally means nothing. Obviously they would probably get something I would hope from a million followers, but you know, that might not be their main goal. Their main goal might not be followers. On the contrary, sometimes a client will come to me and say, we want a bunch of followers. And I'm like, okay, cool. Why? Like, tell me, tell me what the thought process is on why you want to grow your following. And they'll be like, oh yeah, well, we want more sales. And I'm like, well, <laughs> maybe what you need to do is just reach your existing following a little better. Obviously I'm never going to say you don't want to grow your following, but focusing on those metrics can sometimes be a little bit of recipe for disaster. If it's, you know, if it's just a vanity metric, if they just want more likes or just want more followers, you all know as well as I do that those things mean nothing without action. So it might really be that we need to actually boost our engagement so that our posts start showing up in our followers feeds more. And you know, our, our existing followership actually buys from us and sees what we have going on and what we have to sell to them. So, uh, yeah, goals, super important. And it's important to be aligned with this too, with your, with your client to like be on the same page about it from day one, let them know, okay, we had this conversation. So these are my social goals. These are the metrics I can provide you at the end of every month, the, you know, and, and be in communication about it so that there's no surprise that they're not, they're not surprised for better or for worse. I mean, I guess for better is good under promise over deliver is never a bad thing, but you definitely want to be on the same page about goals. I personally always, uh, use the smart acronym specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. And that's how I formulate my goals. Because even, even the example that I shared about the shoe company, they want to sell more, uh, slides or sandals or whatever. What is more like one more? 20 more, a thousand more, 10,000 more units. Like you do have to know that as well, especially when you're doing like paid advertising, because I'm going to need a way different paid budget for 10,000 more units versus like 20 more units. Timelines. When do they want to sell those by? Do they want to increase those sales over a three year period? Or do they want to increase those sales over like the next week? <laughs> That's also very important. And it's going to affect your strategy, your budget, the, the price that you're taking, because you're going to be working over time. If they want to sell 10,000 units in a week, you know, all that stuff is super important to get on the same page about. So specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, timely. Those are your goals. Next thing you're going to want to do is 
do some persona research. You're going to want to understand who the heck you're selling to or talking to on social media. So hopefully your client is going to know this. And this is like question two that I asked them. I say, great. I know your goals. So who are we talking to here? Who is your audience? Who are your customers? What types of people tend to, you know, buy from you? Who are you trying to reach? Because that may be two different things. Their typical customers might be one thing. Their goal customers or clients might be somebody else. So important to have those conversations there and hopefully they will know. And these are also really good, um, conversations to have to kind of gauge your customer, gauge your client, and maybe get an understanding of what type of client they're going to be. Because when I have a client who doesn't know any of these answers, it scares me a little bit. I'm going to be honest. I mean, it's my job to help them through a lot of this stuff and make those recommendations of, you know, doing as much research as I can, but maybe they need to pull in like a, you know, a research tool or something as well. It's my job to make those recommendations. But at the same time, I mean, I'm a business owner. I can tell you five things about my following or my ideal client just off the top of my head. And you should be able to, I think, as a business owner. I think it's important to be able to speak to those things. You might not know the social specific versions of those things. You know, I don't, I don't personally know how to do Google ads very well. So if I were to say, Hey, I want to run some Google ads and go to an agency or a freelancer, I could tell them a few things about my search traffic or my, my ideal client who I'm trying to reach. I might not know how to put those into Google terms. Like I might not know the targeting layers available for Google, but I can tell them in plain speech. I want to reach startup people in these specific geographic locations and blah, 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 blah. So I'm not saying it's a full on red flag, but they should be able to work with you. And I think if they're not willing to like work with you and do a little research, do a little digging themselves, do some exercises, maybe that you provide them, that's not really a good sign. You know, you're, you're not like a footwear expert, right? Like you're a social media manager. So you do need them to work with you. I think this is super important. Anyway, tangent there, but persona research, who are they trying to reach? Um, Anything is helpful here. Age, gender, geographic, location, any types of like um, cultural references that they like, like maybe they like Schitt's Creek. Is that what it's called? I don't know why that's like the first TV show that came to mind for me, but maybe they like that show. Maybe they like Game of Thrones. Maybe they like video games. Maybe they like sports. Like All of those things are going to help influence the tone and voice that you're going to use in your social media messaging. So like Game of Thrones was huge. That was like a cultural phenomenon, right? And I know, I mean, tons of brands, you know, tweeted along with the show and like injected their brand in it somehow. Starbucks, for example, remember when the Starbucks cup was left on the production room, um, you know, in the shot? I mean, just knowing things like that so you can make jokes and be culturally relevant and and use the right tone and voice is super important. So get as much of that as you can. If they really don't know that stuff, again, hopefully they're going to be willing to work with you and they should be able to at least help pull their analytics for you slash you can do this yourself. If you have access to their accounts, look at who is currently following them, go into your Facebook page insights, go into Instagram insights. Um, Twitter doesn't really have analytics anymore. Unfortunately, uh, LinkedIn is pretty mm, kind of limited. Mm. 
I need to do an update on my analytics series actually. Maybe I'll do that soon. But look at who's currently following them if they do have anything of a following. If they have nothing of a following, then that's a little bit challenging as well, but you can still do some research. Look at their website information. So if they have Google Analytics or even just like Squarespace's native analytics and um, WordPress, like their native analytics, I'm pretty sure gives you a little bit of information about at least geographic location of where people are coming from. So you can gather little tidbits here and there. You can also do some of your own kind of DIY market, market research. So you can post into Facebook groups, forums, you know, look on Reddit, look on, I can never say this word properly. I think it's Kiora, Kiora, I don't know how to say it, but that website, just like start searching around and see handbags, you know, okay, your client is a handbag company, start typing handbag into Kiora, luxury bag, like whatever it is, and see what questions people are asking, see what types of people are asking those questions, and so on and so forth, and just take note of those things. Um, because you do, you really have to understand who you're talking to if you want your message to get across properly. Hey, freelancer, hate to interrupt the show, but just wanted to make sure you knew about the Freelance Friday Club. It's my exclusive membership community and features monthly mastermind calls, an accountability group, and access to over a dozen masterclasses covering everything from sales funnels to freelance job board success. Best thing about it, the first month is on me. Visit freelancefriday.club to get started. Back to the episode. Next thing that I recommend doing is competitor research. So very similar to market research, you're just going to take a look at what their competitors are doing. If my client is Louis Vuitton, I'm going to take a look at, you know, I don't know, Chloe and Dior, um, and take a look at their, you know, what they're doing to promote their handbags or their, their design house or whatever. So real simple stuff here. Just take a look at like how often they're posting on their social channels, which social channels they're leveraging. I think this is really important because you don't have to be on every social platform. I mean, I think that's like one of the biggest myths in social media strategy today is that you need to be doing everything and you don't, especially if you are a freelancer watching this. So one one person show, you realistically, unless they're paying you a lot of money and you have a lot of time, you probably are not going to be doing like 10 social media platforms for them. You're probably going to be focusing on like a handful and doing a really good job and maybe repurposing content for the other ones, but you're probably not going to be like creating original content for like LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, podcast. I mean, that's not really social media, but whatever. You're probably not going to be doing that, right? So take a look at what the competitors are on. So that way, you know, either to one of two things, one where there's a gap in the market, because sometimes that can be fun. If there's no podcast about handbags, maybe that's a good area of opportunity. If the demographics line up, you know, your ideal client demographics line up with podcast listenership, maybe that's a gap in the market that you can kind of um, take you know, you can, you can take that over or you can follow their lead. So if you're seeing, oh my gosh, this company is getting such good traffic engagement, all that stuff from Instagram, we need to be on Instagram. They're selling so much on Instagram, then be on Instagram. But it, you know, it can do a couple of different things. It can teach you what to do or what not to do. Really. Let's take a look at platforms, posting frequency, 
just the types of content that they're posting. Again, you can take a look at who's following them at any public data that you can see, like see what types of people are following them, maybe some other brands that their followers tend to follow. So you can kind of paint a picture of that persona. So do a little bit of um, competitor research. And this is really helpful too, to get buy-in from the client. So especially when I work with more corporate companies or even startups who have like investors and stuff that they need to kind of get approval on for everything. If I can say, okay, well, you know, I'm making this completely up. These are none of my clients, but like my client is Honda. Well, let's look at what Chevrolet is doing. And typically the investor or the manager or the owner is going to be like, oh, okay, cool. Well, the competitors doing that, we need to do that. Like they're running Facebook ads. We, uh, here's some budget for Facebook ads. So it can help with getting that buy-in if you kind of give that like, well, everybody else is doing it. It's kind of like when I don't have kids, but like, I just feel like all of my parent friends are like, yeah, like my kid is like, well, so-and-so has a phone already. So I bought him a phone or like he has an iPad. So I bought him an iPad. You know, it's the same kind of thing, except with it's data driven. You know, it's done for a good reason. It's not done for selfish causes. Um, okay. So competitor analysis. And these are all things too, by the way, really, you know, I guess goal setting, not so much, but persona research, competitor analysis, this next thing that I'm going to mention, social audit. These are all things that you can price out individually as well. So if you are going to do, you know, monthly social media management for a client, if you got to do all these steps, as you can see, this is like a lot of work. I mean, this is like weeks of work on its own. You can charge that. You can price that into your startup fee. So the first month you're going to be doing a strategy, an audit, a competitor analysis, all this stuff, tax some money onto that first month because you're going to be working a lot. So that's what I do. And then that way you can also price it out individually if people come to you. Because sometimes people do, again, especially my corporate clients, they'll come to me and be like, hey, can you do a social media strategy for us once per year? So I'm not actually doing this stuff like they're in-house people or implementing this stuff, but they want me to come in and do their strategy work. So obviously I need to have that price in my head so I can charge for that. Then you're going to do the social audit. Uh, so this is really going to be taking a look at what they're already doing. Now, if this is a brand new company, you're launching the social channels for them. You've taken that persona research, that competitor research and decided, all right, your target audience is women ages 40 to 55 in the suburbs, we're going to be on Facebook number one and probably maybe Instagram too. you know, look at like the platform stats and demographics and stuff. Do a little bit of research on your own to determine which platforms they need to be on. Okay, cool. You're good there. But if they have an existing social presence that has already been going on before you either started up by them, by a social media manager, an agency, whatever, I want you to audit that. Because just because they have been doing something doesn't mean it's right necessarily, or it's what they should be doing. So develop your own little set of criteria here. Take a look at, uh, you know, just some baseline metrics. And this is important for you selfishly too, so that you can develop a case study. And, and this is something that like I've 
always forgotten to do, and I still always forget to do, is write down how many followers and you know what the average engagements were when I started working with a client. Because like I always forget until I've been working with them for five months, months, and it's like, wait, now I can't tell the whole story. So that's what an audit can help you do. You know, get a kind of benchmark of where they're at right now how many followers they have, how many engagements they're getting, what content is performing really well, what their, uh, you know, analytics are showing as far as their followership data, demographic data, all that, a preliminary report, essentially. And take a look at what's working and what's not. And again, sometimes this stuff will really surprise you. I, I will have in my mind, like, oh my gosh, like these quote images do so well. And then you pull the data and you're like, these things are not doing anything for us. Or maybe they're getting like a ton of likes, but nobody is clicking. Nobody's clicking on those links or vice versa. So it's always good to do that. Next thing you're going to want to do from there is develop the infrastructure. So this typically, especially for a new company, is going to be setting up a scheduling tool and a process for them. So again, your established companies probably already have a tool that they use and they might just onboard you onto that and show you how they use it, get you a seat, get you access to that. But if you're doing everything yourself, you're gonna to need to figure out, do we use a scheduling tool? Am I gonna post things natively? How are we gonna get the content calendars approved? Do I need approval? You gotta figure all that stuff out. And then I also often, especially if this is a new company, go in and do SOPs or standard operating procedures for them if they don't have any yet. And again, this is another upsell. And this is something that I do a lot of actually. Uh, I think partially because I do have that like corporate background and I do a lot of training and coaching and courses. So I have that, um, I don't know, I'm kind of like a natural, I naturally want to teach and document things in some way. So I often will upsell this. I'll say, cool, like I can give you your SOPs, meaning this is what we do and when we do it, this is how the content calendars get approved. Uh, here's an example of our escalation process. So if there's a customer service issue, what we do, what the social media manager does with it, all the numbers that they need to call if there's an emergency, document that all. And you can get, you guys can have this. You can have this whether you stay with me or not. You know, if you want to give this to your admin after I leave or whatever. So um, that's all what I kind of consider infrastructure, setting up the scheduling tool, doing the SOPs, all of that good stuff. And then really the last thing is just putting together a content calendar. So, I mean, it's like the last thing, but it's like the hardest thing really, because it it's putting everything into motion. So I personally really like the scheduling tools that I use are Loomly and Hootsuite. But honestly, lately I've been using Facebook Creator Studio. So I've been scheduling natively onto Facebook and Instagram and it's been doing me well. But again, you wanna try out these different platforms, scheduling tools, figure out what works for you and start building your content calendar. Regardless of the scheduling tool that I use, I typically will just build out a content calendar in like an Excel spreadsheet, real simple, just like post, image, post copy, link, hashtags, and I'll just create a, you know, Google sheet, send it over to the client, get their approval, get their feedback on it. And that's how I'll start posting. So that's really what a social media strategy is. You know, some are more formal than others. If a client specifically is like, we need a social media strategy, um, then I'm gonna make sure it's a really pretty nice document that has all of this information wrapped up into it. 
Whereas if it's just for me, like some of my clients could care less, then maybe it's just a document that I have on hand that's kind of saying, okay, um, we're going to post, you know, images, behind the scenes images three times per week. We're going to post stories every day. We're going to post quote images twice a week, like whatever that is for me so that I know when I'm creating the content calendar every week or every month, however you like to do it, um, you know what to do. So, and I, and as far as content calendars, I usually, usually actually do them week by week. I was doing them month by month for a long time. And because social and the internet moves so quickly, I think it's really important to leave some room for like real time stuff. And I felt like I was moving things around a lot. So I, I do things weekly, but it never hurts to have posts on hand. So if you want to do a month of evergreen posts, which means a post that kind of never goes old. It's just kind of like standard, maybe boilerplate type messaging. It's never a bad idea to have a bunch of those on hand. So you can just throw them in when um, you need some content. But I really hope this was helpful for you guys. This is how you create a social media strategy. These are the things that are really important to know before going in and starting to just post. I mean, and, and just to back things up a little bit, you know, when a client, uh, let's say I get a client today, they sign, they pay and they're like, yeah, we want a strategy. We want monthly posts, you know, all that stuff. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to post until I have all this stuff done. Like the beginning is going to be a little bit of testing. And that's really a part of it too, because all, all the data might say you should post this kind of post and sometimes things will surprise you. So I'm still posting, kind of testing things out, but I really am developing this more formal strategy as I'm getting things going and I, I I will let them know typically like, okay, on month two, like the end of month one, I'm going to have a formal strategy for you. And month one, I'm kind of just going to be like fixing a lot of things and testing a lot of things and all that good stuff. So that's what's up. Hope that was helpful. Yeah, definitely be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that bell button as well. If you want to be notified whenever I post new episodes of the podcast and new regular YouTube videos. I post twice a week, hopefully, if I'm doing this correctly. And if you are listening to the show, be sure to review my show on Apple Podcasts. It really helps people uh, learn what we're all about and join this community and get the knowledge that hopefully they are craving. You can do that on YouTube as well. I'm going to link it down in the description box if you want to review the show. And tune in next week for a brand new episode I post every single Friday. Thanks for watching and listening. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Show notes for this episode are available at latashajames.com slash podcast and contain all of the links I may have mentioned today, as well as an invitation to join my private Facebook group, the Freelance Friday Podcast Community. You can also learn about my ultra exclusive membership community, the Freelance Friday Club. Oh, and if you liked what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or throw me a testimonial over at latashajames.com slash contact. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon.